Welcome to a special episode of Church's Messy. Today, uh, Pastor Rick is out. He's actually out in Washington, D.C., practicing what he preaches about engaging in politics as a follower of Jesus. He gets to meet with one of our U.S. representatives today, hopefully another senator. But we have a special guest uh, with us in the podcast studio today, Caleb Smith, our executive pastor of Strategy and Culture. Welcome, Caleb. Thank you very much. It's it's nice to finally be allowed to be in this room <laughs> And, and behind a microphone in this space. been well overdue for having you on. I, I think uh, every time you've preached, it's either been over a holiday or sometime when the podcast's been on hold. So it's yeah. just not quite worked out naturally to have you on. I assure you it had nothing to do with not wanting you here. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, on. I know. There's all those conversations that go on behind the scenes. So <laughs> it's, it's totally fine. I've squeaked, I've squeaked my way in now. You're just jealous because Otis has been on three times. <laughs> okay, that might be true. That might be true. <laughs> no, we're glad you're finally here. <laughs> Wonderful to have you after uh, you preached a great message this last weekend over Mother's Day. It wasn't specifically a Mother's Day message, but I think it really spoke to the heart of a lot of moms, myself included. So mm. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I get into kind of these, uh, these, these what I call kind of one-off Sundays. It's like Mother's mm -hmm. Day, Father's Day. Um, even, even New Year's Day can fall into that category. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, uh, it always kind of goes back and forth on how much how much should we dive into the to the, like the hallmark celebration that has been created for this day. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the honoring moment. But then the people who who maybe have a, have hurtful hurtful memories about this type of day or yeah. what it means in their life. And and it's always that balance of how much do you really go in and how much do you try to keep it in a way that is challenging to everybody. Well, and I do recognize that Mother's Day is a day with a lot of landmines that are easy to step on, especially for you as a, as a middle-aged white guy, as you <laughs> self-described. <laughs> just figures better to name it, name it and claim it on the stage in front of everybody. Yeah, I love the, uh, the theoretical sermon title of Mansplaining Motherhood. Uh -huh. That was great. That but, was uh, pretty funny because I had a couple people come up to me. Uh, come up to me afterwards and they were like, I was really hoping you're going to give us a couple things under mansplaining motherhood. Like, I want to hear that message. So I don't know, maybe that'll be next year. We'll see. <laughs> Very good. Well, I also want to just issue a personal thank you. I, I uh, was actually quite grateful to not be asked to preach on Mother's Day this year because my daughter was graduating from college. And so our family got to go and spend some time with her down in Kentucky and uh, and with the rest of our family. And and I just am grateful to you and to Pastor Rick and the others for, for letting me be just a pastor and not mm. just the woman on staff mm. who just automatically gets dealt the woman Sunday. Yeah, sure. <laughs> absolutely. Kind of so absolutely. I was uh, thankful for that. And it was nice to get to be mom myself this last weekend. Good. Good. Glad for that. 
Yeah, but uh, but again, I think it was a, a well-crafted message that both addressed some topics that a lot of moms struggle with, mm. because I think uh, the idea of wanting to be in control is a, a fairly universal feeling among mm. a lot of moms. Mm. You know, I mm. think from from the beginning of time when our kids are little, we have this sense of, of I am responsible for everything that happens to this little human now, mm. and uh, and it is difficult to trust God with uh, what he's doing both in our own lives and especially in our kids' lives. And so even though your message wasn't intentionally speaking just to mothers, I think it resonated very deeply with a lot of moms. Mm, yeah. Um, I, well, and, and, and even to, to kind of bridge that gap, I mean, even as a dad, like that's, that, that's what a lot of it is born out of for me. I think I only mentioned this uh, uh, during the third service uh, of preaching, but, but uh, um but I, I, we, we try to control so many things. I mean, me as a dad, I, I try to control all of the all of the practices that are in our house about what, what are all the parameters that need to be there so that my sons get the best grades possible. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if they just do this, then do this and do this, and th- then everything will work out. And so I try and set all of these all of these tasks and these lines in the sand on mm-hmm. do it by now, do it by now, do it by now, thinking that it's just going to automatically result in something. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to control the whole piece of that, at least in my discipleship too. It, it, the challenge, the challenge that I have is, is look, my kids right now, they, they love going to church right now. They, they proclaim Jesus mm-hmm. in their, in their actions and their words, whether they're at church or at school or with friends or whatever. I don't know if that'll be the case in 30 or 40 years. Mm. I, I, I like, I have no control over that piece of that. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it just drives me deeper into my own discipleship with God about, you know, and I've got to take the responsibility for the choices that I make and how am I just simply seeking to be faithful in what it means to be a parent yeah. as they're going through this season of life and in hopes that that will continue for them. Yeah. Back when I was a, a flight instructor candidate, I received some horrible advice from the pilot that was training me. And and he said, when you're approaching the way that you're regarding your students, if your students have great success, they earned that all the way along. But if your students ever fail a test, that's your fault. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he just kind of drilled that into my way of hmm. thinking that that when you're instructing pilot candidates, that uh, that there's a minimum level of proficiency that you as an instructor are responsible for hmm. and, and fail, their failure is on you. Hmm. And, uh, and it took me a lot of years as a parent to realize how much that had infected my thinking. Sure. That, uh, you know, if my kids were doing well, that was on them. They're just amazing kids. But if they fail at something... That was my fault. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a, a very dysfunctional way of thinking. And it wasn't uh, until being able to talk through that with someone else that I realized that's just not a, a Christian approach to to life, let alone to parenting. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, one of the passages that I didn't even mention, but it was kind of drilled, it was going through my head and my heart for the past like three weeks was, um, was uh, and, and I'm... This is a little bit of insight into me as a pastor. I 
I don't remember where in the Bible things are very often. <laughs> I just know that they're there. <laughs> For somewhere it is written. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've heard it said before, like yeah. that kind of thing. That's that's a lot how I operate on the scriptures. You just gave a lot of people a lot of relief. <laughs> well, I hope so. I, I hope so. I mean, remember, numbers. The, the, the numbers were not there in the original language of, uh, of, of chapter and verse. That's an interesting justification. So there we go. That's Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, uh, the, uh, the, the Apostle Paul, I mean, he, he said... Look, there's there's things that I want to do that I don't do, and then mm. there's things that I do that I don't want to do. Yeah. Um. And and I think that there's that real struggle of of the, it's the personal choice side of things that has to come into play into this, yeah. and nobody else has any responsibility for that except for you, which then is a part of that of the whole. I mean, I'm kind of flowing into, but it's it's a part of the columns conversation. Yeah. Who I am, that never changes. Um, and even I think, I think Paul is referencing that when he said, when he's in that passage, when he says, when I, when I do these things, that's the Holy spirit working in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then these other things, what I do and, and what is needed in these other areas, I've got to take responsibility for my choices. And sometimes those are good and bad. Mm-hmm. And then I got to take responsibility for the outcomes mm-hmm. of those choices of what is needed. And sometimes those are good and bad. Well, and as parents, we need to recognize that increasingly we're focused on ourselves that mm. way. And we're not responsible for our children's choices. And yeah. uh, maybe when they're really little, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but that uh, decreases. Well, isn't that like the obvious thing? I mean, I'm, I'm right now I'm thinking of like my uh, Jackson and Tucker at two years old. And I'm like, do, do I actually have, like, is it my fault that they choose to t- just rip <laughs> something out of their sibling's hand when they're two years old, right? Uh, I actually know, like, that's just them naturally. Yeah, they suppose. just yeah. want something. That's not on me, but what do I do as a parent in that moment? How do I try to teach them yeah. graciously, lovingly, directly at times on, hey, this isn't the healthy way to live. Right. But let's go. I'm glad you brought up the three columns because I wanted to go there next anyway. So that this idea of there's who I am, what I do, and what is needed. Mm-hmm. And that those three columns are all three different things. The first one is something that should be a fixed identity in Christ. And then the other two change in different chapters of life. Yeah. Um, so uh, talk more about that and how you've found this to be a helpful strategy for life. Yeah, sure. So... Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll kind of go to, to our our staff culture here. So mm-hmm. part part of my part of my role is to say what what is the culture that we want in our church, and what is that culture that we want our church to exhibit in the community, and and first and foremost, that has to start with our staff. If our staff are not uh, pursuing these things, if we aren't rallied around these things, then then it's never going to get down into the rest of the rest of our 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 representation of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, um, so with our staff, we talk about who I am. And again, that being the fixed thing, who I am in Jesus and and my identity being in that space. What is it that I do? I could have a title, but that title might change from one thing to the next Mm -hmm. or uh, one season to the next or one context to the next within, within my role in the church. But then what is needed can look very different as mm-hmm. well. Um, what I do can sometimes be be something that lasts a little longer. <laughs> um, that can be, uh, it, it, it could be associated with the job that I'm hired into. So right now I'm executive pastor of strategy and culture. Maybe that lasts for the next five years. Um, but maybe in five years, there's a new role that that, that we, that we put together here or that the Lord leads us into, into leaning into. And maybe in five years that, that title changes. So Mm -hmm. what I do shifts at some point, Mm -hmm. 
But the what is needed part, I think, is the one that changes more often. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, for me, that, that's, that's really where it is the idea of, of remembering that we are not ultimately in control. Is it? That's what happens in the what is needed for sure, because um, what is needed in a moment that's going to change all the time. And I, and I can't just go around trying to fix everything. It's yeah. like if somebody just walks into the church and they need a conversation in that moment, mm-hmm. well, I may have 10 other things on my list mm-hmm. that I'm like, man, I'd love to get these done today. But this person is right here. Yeah. And what is needed right now is just to talk with them, is just to sit with them and listen, and yeah. it's just to sit with them and pray. Um, and so the what is needed can change can change in a, in, in a moment's notice without us having much control mm-hmm. over the situation. Well, that's a good point of the importance of keeping the who I am column separate from the other two, because what is needed may align with who you are. It might not. Right. You might be called to do something that isn't uh, isn't necessarily how you would choose to identify yourself, but the need is in front of you, and you're going to set that aside just to meet that need. Absolutely. I, it's, it, one of those things, uh, uh, one of the examples f- f- from 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 my life, even just over the past year, has been has been here as a part of the staff at Autumn Ridge was, was Easter... I think it was even just last year, what was needed on Easter Sunday? Well, executive pastor, right? Like, what should I be doing? I don't know. Just standing around talking to people in the doing lobby, things. doing the pastory <laughs> things, right? What was needed during one of our services? Extra hands were needed in the nursery. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, we'll just step in and and uh, and 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 hold help out and hold a baby mm-hmm. and yeah. and help to make it possible for folks to be in the service. And so, um, you know, that that's that's a good moment of me leaning into what is needed. There's, I'm sure there's many bad moments that I just don't want to remember right now. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a fun example. But I, I appreciated that you emphasized how easy it is for us to confuse who I am with what I do. Mm. I, and I resonated with that quite a bit. Um, you gave some, some possible ways that we might maybe get that confused by that uh, who I am might be defined by what I do. And I think that's very common. Um, But it also could be who I'm with. It could be how I feel, what is said about me or what I'm afraid to lean into. Mm. Those are all interesting, uh, interesting ways. And I challenge people to really sit down and and think about that a little bit. Mm. What what is it that you're using to define who you are? Yeah. Um, And I, and I don't think you're unique (laughs) in, in admitting that uh, that for a lot of years in your life you were defining who you are by what you do, yeah, um, and maybe even in a current season right now struggling with a little bit of what you're not wanting to lean into. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I and I and I do. There's probably like the uh, primary, secondary type thing going on with with many of us where we have we have the thing that we actually are comfortable even talking about publicly mm-hmm. about what I'm tempted to define myself by, Mm -hmm. but there's probably something underneath the surface that we are not willing to talk about that we, that we try to hold back on. Um, and that's really where I think the, what I'm afraid to lean into comes in. We know it about ourselves, but how much are we actually willing to lean into, especially as believers? What's the call of one of the calls of discipleship is to bear each other's burdens. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to share that with another believer or somebody who can just be there to support us and encourage us. It doesn't have to be something where we stand up on a on a stage and and, <laughs> and tell everybody uh, t- tell everybody you're emotionally exhausted. Everybody, raise your hand. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, but we still need to we still need to have have those moments of leaning into it. But I I mean I, I even for years um, uh, and and this was this may have been a result of defining myself by what I did early on in ministry. Um, but my some of my early years in ministry, I actually was, was 
in like high anxiety and moments of, of pretty intense depression without really realizing it in the moment. But I was, I was definitely afraid to express those feelings to anybody. I wasn't even telling them to Tisha. And that was a part of, of some of the issues that I, that I mentioned on how the first few years for us mm. were just hard because I was internalizing and just holding in all of these things. Sure. Um, and once I kind of got over literally got over that rock in the road and and was able to to say no okay i've got i've got to be more honest about what is going on with me mm-hmm. and what is going on internally then i'm not defining myself by yeah i'm just high strung and i'm just high anxiety and this is just me that's more of no i've got there's something that jesus is trying to do with me mm-hmm. and what is that right now mm-hmm. well i do appreciate you bringing that out too and 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 i admired your vulnerability for um admitting both how this has played out in your life over the years and, and kind of where you are currently too. Um, Cause I think that helps other people to be able to recognize that in themselves and then maybe also be able to share it with other, other believers, allow them to carry some of those burdens too. Um, but so many of these things play in and we might not even be consciously aware of it. So I think there is a lot of value in just taking a moment to, to look and say, okay, I can maybe say I want to define myself as um, what it, you you chose a deeply loved sinner. I believe. Yeah, I'm a deeply loved sinner. That that yep. made me me think. I think I would maybe lean towards something like uh, being a loved daughter of of God yeah. or something and along those lines. Um, but uh, but there are certainly little other things that play into it that we may or may not be aware of. So just uh, being able to call those things out mm-hmm. is, is really helpful. Well, and the and the the, the walk of the, the walk of discipleship, the, the 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 walk of the way with Jesus, what, whatever terms we kind of use to describe this this journey of life we're on is is uh, um, is is a part of that of of discovering the things that we maybe can't put words to yet, and mm-hmm. I. One of the examples, and again, this kind of hit the cutting room floor early on because I was like, this would take forever. <laughs> it was like the the chronologically walking through Peter's life mm. and his discipleship journey. Mm-hmm. And it's like all of these moments of, of I, I think a lot of it is him learning something brand new about himself that he thought he had mm-hmm. figured out. And then Jesus is like, ah, nope, there's a whole nother area here that, I, that we yeah. need to, that we need to bring to the surface. And it's everything from, from the, the the stepping out of the boat and walking on the water to Jesus, and then the sinking in that moment, there was another thing to be learned from that for him. Um, uh, to uh, all the way to even his 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 def- his uh, his physical defense of Jesus, cutting off the ear of the of the servant who was there arresting Jesus, trying to protect him, trying to control the moment, mm-hmm. uh, and then but then denying Christ mm-hmm. three times. But then to Jesus's moment of, I'm no like you're you're the guy that I that 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 I want to be a central part of what's happening mm-hmm. over these over these next years as this yeah, as the, as this next as the thing church gets unfolds. going. That's yeah. go, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're ready for your next standalone sermon. <laughs> That'd be a great message. I want to hear that one. <laughs> I have lots of ideas about nice standalone sermons that don't fit in series. This is probably why I'm not a lead pastor too, because they're just it would, they all just be one offs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do one offs very well. Uh, the the middle column, the what I do column. You, you I, I know we've talked as a staff about different things, and and you would identify that more in line with your staff role. But in in just in your general life, in the message you said that uh, that you you and your family 
organize the what I do column by the phrase follow the cloud yeah. in reference to to God and the story that you brought out. Um, talk a little bit more about following the cloud and what that actually looks like in a practical way. Yeah. So in a practical way, um, I can't... I. This is uh th- this is also the 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 backside of of preaching three different times on a weekend and not doing it as often as someone like Pastor Rick as I forget which scenarios I may have said this in and which ones I didn't. You <laughs> literally could listen to each one and there may be us there you're, you may learn something new in each uh-huh. one f- about me personally from a new story. But uh, um, but I th- this is this is our eighth church that we've served in mm. in. 22 years of marriage and in 22 years of ministry, eight, eighth church in eight states. Wow! So following the cloud for us is like this definitive practical thing. Now, God's never done the like, as Numbers chapter nine talks about, he's never done the unpack in the evening and then in the morning. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, I guess we're going again. Like That's it, good. <laughs> it hasn't literally been that. Um, there been, there definitely been a moment or two where it's felt like that. Sure. Um, but, uh, um, but it, it's, it's just been, it's been this constant movement. And, and a part of my own control moment in this was, was, what uh, was, was, uh, defining who I am by what I did, like that piece of paper that is the, uh, uh, that is the resume. Mm. Early on, I was like, nobody will hire me. I mean, we got to, uh, interviewing for our third or fourth church of, of, for doing youth ministry. And I, I remember telling Tisha, I wouldn't hire myself if I just looked oh. at this piece of paper because it, it just looks like, it looks like this dude just like every just time something bounces. gets hard, he's just, he's out of there uh, after that honeymoon season, he's, he's figuring out something else. Um, and I've heard some of your story and that's not it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that, that's not it at all. And, mm-hmm. and a part of that for me is even the proof in that is, is God's continually just reminded me over and over again, I'm bigger than a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't, don't focus on what you think. And I, I, some of this even goes back to uh, I, I think of I think of what what God said to um, uh, well, which prophet was it? What was it who uh, who um, who anointed David, King David? Samuel. Samuel. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, but he said to Samuel, "Don't don't judge by the outside. Man judges on the outside. God's looking at the heart." And I was I'm, I'm judging myself by what's on the outside. I'm judging myself by. By what's written down and what does a what what does this say that it may define me as, mm. um, and it it took it took a lot of leaning leaning into what I was afraid of, mm-hmm. and and uh, and God just reminding us over and over again uh, through through the, the the roles that we were able to serve in through the churches that we were able to serve in through the 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 times of learning and the times of education that we were able to to be a part of um and and the way that he has crafted at least the journey of our family mm-hmm. um yeah there's it's like literally the only thing that brings us peace is being firmly planted in this idea of we follow the cloud and yeah because if we do anything outside of that we're we're trying to control the moment okay so I love what you're saying, but but I'm going to keep pushing you on it a little bit because on one hand, you've got the white-knuckled, tight fist <laughs> grip on the steering wheel uh-huh. trying to control everything. And on the other hand, you're saying it brings our family peace to just simply follow the cloud. <laughs> and these things feel like they're a little bit diametrically okay, opposed. Okay, this isn't supposed to be like a counseling session for me. So I think we need to, I think we need to ratchet this back a little bit. 
<laughs> but, uh, but no, be, help us out here a little bit. So so I, I feel this inner warring tension here between these two things. And I'm not speaking about you no, as a yeah. unique person because I feel it in my own life too. Um, but uh, but how, how do you work those two things out? How do you wrestle through that and just say, okay, I know my tendency is to want to just try to control the situation, but I know it's going to be better if I just follow God in this. Really, for for Tish and I, it's been the fact that we we, and, and again, this is a this is a result of all of the work that we did early on in our marriage of of healing and getting through a lot of these things that we just would internalize and keep private. But to, mm. like we wouldn't talk about it with each other, and we wouldn't talk about it with anybody else. And uh, you know, everybody says they want to get better at communication in everything. It's like every organization. I, I, we actually uh, uh, learned this from from a, uh, an interaction I had a couple of weeks ago with a with a, a clinical Christian clinical psychologist and a and an organizational uh, guru. And he was like, "Look, every it doesn't matter what staff survey anybody does, the 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 organization will always say." We need to get better communication. Yeah. Like, it's the number one thing sure. in everywhere. Uh-huh. And most families are going to be the same way. They're going to, like most couples, if you like really sat them down and said, what do you guys need to get better at? Mm-hmm. Communication is going to be somewhere there in the top. Yeah. So for Tisha and I, it's, it's where we just don't internalize those things. So instead, we speak our fears out loud. It, so it's, it, it's, it's kind of like even how Numbers chapter 9 in, in that section of, de, of, of describing what was following the cloud? What did that look like? Like it doesn't talk about all of the disagreements, arguments, stresses, pressures, uh, broken bones. Like <laughs> and it doesn't talk about any of the negative pieces mm. of what it meant for the nation of Israel to just pack up and move all the time. Whenever mm. the whenever the cloud shifted, yeah, could be a year, could be hours, could be two days. And and so when I say you know we've just we've just learned to rest in the in the peace of knowing that God's got it and that He's in control in that moment uh, and and we we need to keep our eyes fixed on Him beneath that surfaces us making sure that we're if we need to yell at God we yell at God with the other person in the room so that so that there's somebody else in that room to to encourage us and to help us in that moment like it's okay to speak what is really frustrating us. Mm. Um, but I think it's that part of allowing it outside of ourselves that, that becomes the, the, w- one of the, one of the cruxes of being able to, to, to really lean into the, the peace that God is trying to offer in the moment. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm still not totally settled in like, again, I'll go back to my kids' grades. Like, I'm not totally like at peace about how they're approaching school and what what practices they have. And I'm still kind of trying to control all of those pieces. (laughs) And so what does following the cloud look like with them? It's it's making sure that Tish and I are just constantly on the same page. Hey, look, this is what's happening in their class. This is what it looks like is happening. Are we on the same page about about trying to encourage them to to do A, B, and C in order to help this class out, Mm -hmm. like in order to help out how their study habit is or, or, or how they're approaching, um, how they're approaching maybe a teacher they don't like. And it's hard for them to kind of hear the information because they just don't jive with the teacher. Well, Mm -hmm. um, how do we help them in those moments? Um, and following the cloud is really about Tish and I making sure that we're together in it as parents, that, that we've spoken it with each other, uh, and that we're just taking it on literally that day by day basis. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that idea of, I can't try to control what does 20 years down the road look like for my kids. Mm -hmm. Instead, 
what is the best thing for them today? Mm-hmm. And how can I lean into to, to that reminder from Jesus? Don't look, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. If God's going to clothe and and feed uh, all of these other uh, all of these other things, the the flowers of the field and the birds of the air, how much more will He will He yeah, care for you? Absolutely, it, it's helped me in in the sense of you know quote unquote following the cloud in parenting to remember that just as God's working out a story in my life, He's working out His story in in my kids' lives yeah. as well. Yeah, and He loves them even more than I do. Yeah, and He has a greater sense of what they need than I do, mm. and He's got their future already in view. You know, for me, I might be trying to, to head them towards a certain point, but he already knows where he's taking them. Yeah. And so being able to release some of my sense of wanting to control that and just trust that he's working out his story in, in their lives. And and sometimes I just even need to get out of the way a little bit. Yeah. And, well, and I love that because there's the, 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 the verbal reminder. It's not, it's not Caleb's story that I'm trying to work out in my kids. Yeah. God's working out his own story in my kids. And ultimately that's what we want. And that's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We want that for them. You know, another thing that I heard you saying as you were talking about what it looks like to follow the cloud is you were referencing just how you've seen it happen over the years in different chapters of your life. Mm. And uh, you bookended this message with the idea of remembrances Mm. and that a day like Mother's Day or other specific holidays uh, are opportunities for us to remember. And, um, And I think there is something really useful um, in in the the way that we can remember how God has been faithful to mm. us in the past that makes it easier for us to trust when the cloud is moving that we can we can follow him in this even when it doesn't feel like it's on our timetable or, or something that we're wanting right now but uh, but because we've seen him act faithfully before we can we can keep following him we, we live in a day and age where where there's so many new things that are always happening. I mean, even even to the point of of the like creator of chat GPT or whatever is like <laughs> mm-hmm. in front of Congress today. And um, and so there's 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 all of these new things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I hear people talk about how these are the most perilous times we've ever lived in. And I'm like, I, I get that to a point and maybe, maybe it is for us personally, it's the most perilous times, but is it the most perilous times in the world, in the, mm. in the history of the world? Is it the most perilous times? Um, I, I have no idea what the emotions would have been, what my emotions would have been in world war two times. Like mm-hmm. I could have thought those were the most perilous times. I, what would my emotions have been during the Cuban Missile Crisis? Those could have felt like the most perilous times. Um, what would what would it have felt like if I was a if I was a believer in Rome <laughs> back almost two thousand years ago when Nero's kicking everybody out and and literally physically trying to kill off all the Christians? I I don't know what my emotions would have felt. Would, that probably would have felt like the most perilous times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I, th- I think that can change over time, but I think that still is a part of of the remembering. It's the remembering of God's faithfulness. Like mm-hmm. if if these things have been happening over and over and over again throughout history, what never changes is who God is and and how we can see Him working. My brain typically sits at this like fifty thousand foot level. Like it's it actually can be hard for me to describe like the practical day to day things. Mm. Um, I, 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 or a big picture. I, strategy I think about the big guy. picture yeah. type stuff a lot, and I love history. Um, I love like I was going to be a history teacher before I mm. changed my major and and decided to to go with uh, to go with youth ministry. Mm. Um, 
and, and yes, there are degrees out there for youth pastors. Just as a little aside, my final and the final of my youth ministry course in at the at the Christian school uh, Christian college I went to was to uh, plan a pizza party for uh, for the class. That was so we like <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so for the final two weeks of this class, there were twelve of us in there and. Every day was a pizza party with <laughs> games. It was fantastic. Wow. I loved it. it what a class! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, but, 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 yeah. So I think about these things in in in, in more of these larger picture places, and 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 it, it does. It comes down to the it's the faithfulness of God. And I, but I it it's the idea of even these altars and these stones. Again, I mm-hmm. I don't remember which service I mentioned it in, and I don't remember if I mentioned it in all three or not, but. We don't, those stones were not set up as memorials to Moses. When they, Mm -hmm. when they crossed the Jordan river and they, they stacked these stones, they were stacked as an altar in some way, shape or form, just to be this like obvious sign of a conversation trigger. A Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. These were put here intentionally. Hey, why are these all stacked here? Mm -hmm. So when you walk by them with your children, tell them, tell them what God's done for you to tell them about the faithfulness of God wasn't a memorial to a person. It wasn't a memorial to, to, to even to that specific moment. It was, it was about God's faithfulness and how he had been, been with the people. And for me, I think there's a whole level of, even for us as, as, as a part of this local church, a part of this local body, Autumn Ridge Church, we're over 165 years old. Like I think we're about 167, 168 years old as, as a church we stand on the shoulders of those who first moved here 168 years ago mm-hmm. and said, you know what, let's just start to gather and worship together. Um, and we stand on not just their shoulders of their discipleship, but it's the faithfulness of God over all of those years. Now, how long will this last? We don't know that. That's a part of following the cloud and mm-hmm. and allowing for God's going to take care of tomorrow. And and. If you know, if you read the whole Bible, he in the end he wins. It's like we know what the end is, yeah. um, but uh, um, but it's still the steps of us walking day by day in discipleship and in faith. Yeah. Well, Caleb, I appreciate you coming on today, and it's fun to talk a little bit more about what it looks like to follow the cloud and to recognize the faithfulness of God through all of these different chapters of our lives. And um, again, uh, I just really appreciate the way that the message didn't need to be specifically addressed to moms to be very relevant to moms, but to all of us uh, in in uh, the sense that we do like to control things, but we do have a God who is ultimately in control and his way is even better than ours might be. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been fun. I appreciate I appreciate the invitation. And uh, uh, as is usual in my life, and this is a little bit of leaning into the fear, what am I afraid to lean into? Typically, when I do these things, they get invited once, and then I never get a call back to come oh. back. So, so we'll, we'll see how long the time lasts between the next time that we do this. <laughs> All right. Well, don't overthink it. <laughs> That's been good talking with you today, Caleb. And you uh, look forward to the next time you preach. Thanks so much.